Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's a little after five o'clock on a Friday. Hard to believe it, but it's uh, it's March. Wednesday. Yeah, it is Wednesday. It used to be Friday, and now it's Wednesday. I guess my time machine is working after all. Pretty cool. I uh, hope it goes forward as well as back, or I might have a problem. Anyways, um, it is Wednesday, and uh, it's February or March. Gosh, I'm going backwards in time all over the place today. 2020, and we're still dealing with all kinds of problems. We're dealing with civil rights problems. We're dealing with equity problems. We're dealing with prohibition problems. We're dealing with some problems we're going to bring up today that you may or may not have known about. Giant ecological genocide disasters happening right in our backyard. They're big, big problems. And everybody that I talk to, when you ask them about problems, they've got problems with this coronavirus that is a big cold and whatever. they got problems with the president. He's a chump, whatever. they got a problem with their little beefs and this and that. But you know what? There's big problems out there. And there's, in contrary to those problems, an organization of all volunteers, people that care, people that are here to change the world, people here to support and educate. There's a human solution. The Human Solution International, we're a 501c3 federally recognized civil rights nonprofit organization that is dedicated, focused on. We have made the decision to make the world a better place in these ways. We're here to end cannabis prohibition, not pass some silly law that lets 10 people do something and everybody else remains a criminal. No, we're going to end it, end it once and for all. We're going to make it so that owning, possessing, cultivating, manufacturing, whatever it is, transporting across state lines, whatever, this plant, any plant for God's sake, will no longer be a crime. Imagine that. Imagine a world where you didn't have to worry about growing a plant. Wouldn't matter what plant. It could be the cannabis plant. Could be the psilocybin mushroom. It could be the iboga plant. It could be, it could be the coca plant. For God's sake, it doesn't really matter because the plants are all plants, and they don't know any better. And they're not good or bad or ugly. They're plants. They live in a different world than we live in. And they have all kinds of things. They have poisons and 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 medicines and and fragrances, and food, and all of these things the plants contain. And yet humans have decided that some are illegal. Imagine that. And we, as citizens of this great United States, have elected them. Well, I'm not cool with that, and we're making that change, those changes. But you know, it's not just cannabis prohibition that the human solution's about. We're a civil rights organization, and we champion Veterans' rights, you know, people have willingly signed up, or maybe they were duped, as some people say, but they signed up and they served the country, and they come back from being put in horrible situations. War, you know, most of us have no idea what that is. Imagine being in a place where people are shooting at you, or worse. Well, lots and lots of people have subjected themselves to that in, in, for various reasons, and then they come back here, and they don't get treatment like they need, and they get uh, 
got promised an education and a house and all these things, but it didn't always work out that way. There are more homeless veterans than any other group I know of, and and it just blows me away. So we champion the rights of veterans. We also champion the rights of disabled folks. And that's a pretty broad sweeping um, uh, cause, but, you know, one of the biggest group of disabled folks we deal with are addicts. You know, so many people have found themselves addicted to alcohol or other substances, many times prescriptions. And, you know, you notice the common thread here? Oh, yeah, cannabis could be a help. The medicines, the natural medicines, some of which are illegal, could help these people not be held in bondage by addiction. And addiction is absolutely a disability. So... We, we champion disabled rights. But most recently, the last and most recent uh, a group of people that we have championed are indigenous people. And uh, I've been working with a number of Indian people, Arapaho and some Navajo and, and a bunch of uh, some Crow and, and now some Apache and, and Blackfoot and uh, different nations. And we think about, you know, you think about, the, the idea of indigenous, but that word is a strange word because a lot of people think, you know, aborigines in some far-off country. But indigenous means the people that were here first, the guys that were that, that, that ended up in a place before other people came. And so when you're dealing with Native Americans, you've got hundreds and hundreds of groups of people that speak all these different languages, and they're all unique and individual in their own way, and they get grouped into this one group, okay? So be it. We've, we've, we've agreed that there's a group of people that, that have been, uh, there's been huge injustices towards this group of people. And so as I've been working with, uh, with these folks, we added them to our cause. So the Human Solution International is an all-volunteer, nonprofit, civil rights group that champions the cause of these four groups. And currently, if you've been involved with what we're doing, and we are in the major planning stages of an epic event that we call the Walk for Change. And the Walk for Change is a march across the entire country. We're going to go from ocean to ocean. We're going to go from the Pacific Ocean up to Washington, D.C. We're going to make it all the way to the Atlantic because we need to. And we're walking for a number of causes, a number of reasons, many of which I've just described. And people are getting together from all over the world to be part of this. And it's an interesting thing because this is such a big project that many people, I'd, I'd almost venture to say most people, can't wrap their heads around. It's just too big. And they just don't see how we're going to do it. How are you going to get people organized to walk all the way across the country? And I've even had people, you know, I've been a, I've been a, activist now for 20 or more years, probably all my life. I think I was fighting for something when I was five years old and didn't even necessarily know it. But I've had people that I've been working with for years, and most recently they're coming to me and saying, I don't know, you think we can do it? I was like, are you kidding me? You're supposed to be on my team. And, and at the same time, this event, this epic event that I say, and I say with authority, will be, can be, has all the potential to be a defining moment in human history. This walk across America could be a thing that brings us together and brings alive the, the, the need to make these changes. Imagine, imagine if you got to be part of something that was this big and set in motion 
the answer to all of society's problems right now, which why couldn't it? You know, think about it. What if, I always say to people when I'm talking to, to people that come into my world and, you know, they see I'm kind of a crazy guy that has a lot to say, and we start talking about what we can do, we can't do, and, and, and I always say, well, what if I had magic powers? What if I was a genie in a bottle? What would you want to do then? And and that's kind of been my my point of view. This has been the place where I've said, well, um, what's limiting us? If we decide we want to get together and walk across the country and say, hey, everybody, people of the world, we have some problems that need to be changed. And not just talk about these problems, because we love to talk about problems and complain and whine and bitch and moan. But what if, what if instead of that, we decided to say, hey, I've got some answers. I've got some solutions to these problems. And what if we all got together and started talking about that as we're marching from town to town, asking people as we're coming along through your town, will you help us? You want to be part of this? Join the march. Support the march. Walk with us. Talk with us. Share your thoughts and ideas. Why can't we? What is it that we can't do? I haven't come up with it. And so to all those people who have dipped your feet in and then dipped them back out again and said, I don't know, I just don't know, I say to you this, what is a thing that you can't do? What is it that we can't do? Tell me why we can't do it. I'd just like to know. Because if you were on the call I was on this morning and you were talking with the people I was talking with this morning, you would realize that we're just opening up the door of something big and powerful and we haven't even got started yet. So I encourage you to jump in and check out our new website, walk4change.us. That is, again, walk4change.us. And there's a calendar on that website, and it's got a number of events that are that's growing every day, things that we're doing. It has a number of uh, uh, videos that talk about why we're walking, who we are, what's happening. It has the route. How is it that we're getting there? It has a way for you to participate. Do you want to help us? There's a place to join in. And, and maybe as important as all of those things, we've just, we're just about to launch a newsletter. And I know, if anybody knows me, you know that I'm a busy guy. I got my hands in a dozen different things. I probably do more in any day than many of you guys do in a week. And I'm not being an ass about it. I'm just a really busy guy. And I've decided that this is important enough to put my attention to. So every single day I work on this. Regardless of whatever else I'm doing, regardless of how busy I am, regardless of how I feel, regardless of any of these things. And I'm looking for people to help me. So maybe you could do that. Maybe you could decide to pop in there and say, yeah, I'll help. I need a few bucks. I need some hands. I need some writers. I need some people that make signs. I got all kinds of things that you could do to help. So hop in to walkforchange.us and uh, take a look. Sign up as a volunteer. At very, 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 very least, sign up for our newsletter because we're going to be releasing the first edition of many 
that are going to really walk you through what's happening. Sponsors. In fact, I'm actually sitting in the house of our newest sponsor, and this is a CBD shop in Lake Elsinore called CBD Connect, and we are um, now being sponsored by CBD Connect. So uh, anybody in Lake Elsinore um, or the surrounding area needing CBD, this is where to get it from. And this is also going to be the home of the Human Solution Headquarters chapter meeting that if people show up today, we'll have our first one today. If not, next week or the week after. Anyhow, that all being said, um, we're growing. We're changing. Everything's happening right now. <clears throat> we have a number of guests that are going to be calling today. We have uh, some defendants that are going to be checking in. We have people that are chapter coordinators that are helping out some of these defendants checking in. Um, but we have our featured guest right now that I think I'm going to bring up. And as I, as I had laid out, um, Craig Cecil will likely be calling in uh, any minute from Terre Haute, Indiana. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to do is I'm going to read his request before we get started. So if you guys are regular listeners to this show, you'll realize that I'm a personal friends with Craig Cecil, who's a good guy. He's currently serving life in prison for a cannabis-related crime that he didn't even have cannabis, but it's a long story. He's a guy who has helped people out historically. He's a guy who is uh, kind of a jailhouse lawyer and is helping write uh, appeals and writs and all kinds of things in there. But he's also fighting his own case, and he's got some issues raised on appeal that um, has been denied. He's also a diabetic, and he is um, – the prison has denied him his medicine numerous times. He's gotten beat up by guards. Um, he's a pretty mild-mannered guy. I've never uh, heard of an incident where he was involved in any of these things um, other than literally being victimized. He's been tossed into the SHU, Solitary Housing Unit, um, numerous times over this. And uh, he calls in generally every week unless he's been locked up. Anyways, a couple of days ago, he sent me a message on the uh, Coralink's email service, and uh, this is, I'm just going to read it to you. Hi, Joe. The Office of American Innovation was created in the White House and falls directly under Jared Kushner, Trump's senior advisor and son-in-law. Alice Johnson, who received a grant, a grant of clemency from Trump for, from her life sentence in, two, in 2018, is part of that group as well as others. So I think space funny, so I'm reading it funny. This group has as its purpose to screen prisoners for clemency. It's what many of us have been asking for since the procedure used by Obama. And others relied on prosecutors in the DOJ generally to make recommendations. This is a conflict of interest to ask the people who had a prisoner sentence to admit they were wrong and the sentence should be set aside. Now the clemency decisions, such as 11 granted on February 18th will be screened by this group, not the Justice Department. I believe the address is at the White House, but I will ask anyone willing to help me would forward a request, a request for my release 
from my life for pot sentence, which I've now served 18 years. This is the group who will pick who will be blessed with clemency. This would be much, much better than the system used by Obama, which relied only upon the recommendations of prosecutors. Please help. I don't have internet access to research this, but we'll send updates and more info as I learn it. Craig Cecil. So I'm going to uh, beseech all of you, anybody who's listening to this, to please look up this, uh, this committee. And again, it's called the Office of American Innovation. And if you could look that up and uh, connect us to an intake or anything like that, um, it would be fantastic. Um, anything we can do to help out Craig is always a, a positive thing. Um, I've promised him one day, Craig and I will go fishing together. And um, when we do that, it will be because he's a free man and no longer locked up for pot. So anyhow, we're going to get on to my main guest. If you guys can do this, this would be fantastic. And get with me, maybe during the show. If somebody comes up with this answer during the show, they're going to get a free T-shirt, um, courtesy of the Walk for Change. All right, so we got Charles Vargas here with me. And, you know, it's a funny thing. As the Walk for Change has been developing, um, we've picked up a number of individuals um, that are activists and advocates for a number of different places. And one of the, the newest, and, and I don't know, I'm just really blessed to be connected with her, um, that's connected with us, is Candace Dyer, who is with the Cannabis Open Carry Walk organization. Now, the Cannabis Open Carry Walk chapter of the Human Solution International. <clears throat> and uh, Candace and her group out in Texas have been just gung-ho, go-getters, and I wish my team at my headquarters chapter would be as motivated as she is because um, we've been doing this the longest, but, man, they're kicking our asses right now in effort and, and action. Um, but that's good. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, friendly competition, and I believe that we all can push each other to do a little better. And no matter what we're doing, no matter how hard we're trying, no matter what it is that we're doing, we can always do more. We always could do more because if we cared more, we would do more. Anyways, three, four weeks ago, I was on a phone call with Candace, and she told me about this guy Charles from a group called Apache Nation, and that uh, he was interested maybe in participating with the Walk for Change. And about four weeks ago, we got on a conference call and started talking. And, uh, you know, I, I, I liked what I heard from Charles because he's he got a common sense wisdom about him. When you talk to somebody who's been around the world a few times, they gather a perspective that just kind of makes sense. And when you talk to somebody that makes sense, you say, well, maybe we have something in common. And so, you know, we connected briefly, and then we talked again about um, another project, and then we talked yet again about another project. And here's Craig Cecil calling from federal prison, like I just said. So we're going to bring up Craig, and then I'll officially formally introduce Charles here. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. What call is from? Frank Cecil. The a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call or to accept. Bye now. Greg Cecil, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing as, as, as well as 
possible today. We had a beautiful day. I was outside in shorts today. It was 52 degrees though, so I loved it. Wow. Wow. You know, out here in California, when it's 52 degrees, everybody puts on a parka and uh, talks about how cold it is. So you uh, you, you definitely uh, are acclimated more than most of us Southerners are. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, we get used to that. Remember, I'm, I'm a, a native of Chicago, so we're used to a bit more harsh winters this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Well you know, it's a funny thing. As much as, um, you know, there's a lot of hubbub and hullabaloo about the, the climate change and global warming and all that, and, you know, I, it, it, it is what it is. We have a lot of problems to solve. But the truth be told, the, the earth generally is more habitable when it's warmer than when it's colder. And so as it gets a little warmer, it's going to make northern places a whole lot more lovely to be in in the wintertime, I would imagine. So, um, you know, I'm always looking at the bright side of life, as, uh, as, as Brian from the Monty Python movie might say, impaled on a cross. <laughs> um, but, wasn't global warming or anything, it was that the world would become overpopulated with people and there wouldn't be enough uh, food, you know, to, to feed them all, that, that there would be chaos because they're, you know, the earth will only produce so much food. But as a result of global warming, so much more of the northern part of the world is now arable to farmers and that they're just making, you know, exponentially more food is getting grown and livestock raised and all that to really... The global warming is kind of a blessing to the growing uh, population of the world. Well, you know what's really funny? And it's not that funny because it's real. But the truth is the biggest disaster that could hit the earth at once is could happen at any second, any moment, any time ever because if a big giant volcano blew up, which there's a whole bunch of them that could blow up at any moment, um, it, it would we'd be back into an ice age and everything would die. So, you know, we, we I think I think the lesson here is we should all look at changing the things we can change and, and enlightening people and, and teaching people about the, the better ways to be and know that if the earth is gonna end, it's gonna end. <laughs> and uh, you know, we, we can we can do the best we can with it. Hey Craig, before um we get going any further, I wanna let you know that I just on the show, read out the last um, post that you put um, in, in so that we can get people to uh, reach out and get all the dynamics of, of that um, um, Office of American Innovation that you were talking about. And um, I expect I've actually put out a contest that will maybe by the end of the show even have everything we need um, that, that Somebody can learn how to submit um, um, a suggestion or, or have an interface with that office. And I think, and again, this might be the key, we got, we got you know, another eight months, no matter what, with the same uh, administration in office, regardless of what happens at the election. And it's a good chance if we were to push hard on this office that we could just finish this job for you. Well, as you know, uh, as you know, uh, 
clemency petitions are, are typically processed by the Department of Justice, so basically by the prosecutors. And uh, they get to decide which ones get a favorable recommendation to the president. So the president started that Office of Innovation, and he staffed it with his own people, and it's based out of the West Wing of the White House. So they're going to start, you know, investigating and coming up with clemency grants all on their own without going through the Department of Justice. And they just did those four that they sent home from prison last week uh, by that method. Yeah, I think that this is probably one of the most common sense things I've seen, which is really a, a paradox, really, when you look at it. we got an administration doing craziest things ever, right? Like things that nobody's ever dreamed of or heard of, and this guy makes it up as he goes. And he even just makes up his own reality as he goes. But you know what? There's got to be some something to be said about that. You know, Craig, what we're doing with our Walk for Change is we're making up our reality as we go, too. And we're saying some crazy things, and we're going to make those crazy things happen. So maybe there's a lesson to be learned from a crazy uh, executive in chief that's in charge of the world's most powerful government. I don't know. Maybe there's something to be said about that. So at the end of the day, um, you know, when everybody's crying and screaming about, about this guy and all the horrors that he's doing, if we were to look at the craziness, and look at what could be accomplished. And you, from behind bars, found this thing that none of us out here even saw. So what does that say? It says a lot of things, but we're not going to get into them. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what we can do. And so now we've just gotten another key, another, another thing that we can do. You know what's cool about this, Craig? Is I get all these people that tell me, I can't do it because of this. I'm sick. I'm I am old, I don't have a car, I can't walk, I can't this, I can't that. And I always try to find things that somebody can do without leaving their house. You got a phone, right? You got a telephone that has a little computer on it? Well, guess what? You can do this. You can go on Facebook and say you like something. Well, guess what? You can do this. So this is one of those things, Craig, and I got to tell you, when, when you showed this to me, I got that light that comes on inside my head. Every now and again that says, hey, there's one of these, like, magic, magic points here that, that if you do it right, you can make a difference. So I think as long as this office stays in play and we were to uh, really lay out some push on it, um, I think we can make it happen. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Because as you know, this president, I mean, he likes to be popular. He likes <laughs> to do what people, you know, give him kudos for. And uh, as you know, his very first grant of clemency back in 2018 went to Alan Johnson, right. his grandmother that had been in prison for years for a cocaine charge. Right. A life sentence. Well, he commuted her sentence, sent her home. She's been the best spokesperson that there's ever been for prisoners. <laughs> you know? And she's the one that brought the um, three women's names to the president a couple of weeks ago, and now they're at home. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is we just got to always stop and think about what are we doing? What are we thinking about? What are we talking about? You know, everybody likes to grump and bitch and whine and moan, and then they wonder why all these terrible things keep happening. And I'm like, you're making them happen. Why don't we talk about what we want to see? We want to see nonviolent prisoners not be prisoners anymore. We want to see, you know, prisons be for dangerous people and only. 
We want to see justice. We always talk about what do we want. We say justice, and we say when do we want it? We say now, and then what? Oh, we shut up and go home. You know, well, why don't we finish the job? Why don't we walk across America and tell everybody how we can execute justice? Why don't we talk about how we can fix these problems? Well, that's what we're doing, Craig. And uh, as you know, this, this Walk for Change is going to go right across your back door. And you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be able to see us. I'm going to hopefully be able to get signed up as a, as a, uh, a visitor while we're walking across America. And we'll be able to maybe be able to integrate your visit along with this walk. So that's my hope. That's fantastic. And from the recreation yard here, you can see through the fence, through the uh, main road that runs across the front of the prison. So uh, we even have that advantage to be able to see out and see what's going on on the road in front of the prison. Well, and, and like I said, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking a very active position with this, um, with this, with this new project, you know, with the Office of American Innovation and your specific. In fact, uh, we're probably going to be having a human solution meeting after the show's over today, from where I'm at right now, and we're going to do that very project while we're doing it, and we're going to do it while we're live streaming it, showing everybody how to do it. So, you know, what I've learned is, I, I'm. I'm good at doing a lot of things, but you know the thing I'm best at is doing stuff I don't know how to do and just figuring it out. And, and, and when you come upon most of the time somebody and you say, hey, can you figure that out, people just get stumped. They just don't, they, I can't, I can't, you know, how many times I have people tell me I can't and why? It's like, wow, okay, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> and, and so anyways, I think that's what we're going to do today, and I'll be able to share with you Tonight at the meeting, what we've done, what we've accomplished, and we'll set it in motion. I, I got a good feeling about this, Craig. Well, thank you, thank you. This call is from a federal prison. That can make all the difference with this administration. That people are actually supporting me and supporting this uh, quest to you know, undo a life for marijuana sentence. That really, I, I have yet to hear people that really will stand up and, you know, say, oh, no, that sentence is right. That That's the kind of sentence that a person with that kind of crime should have. When the Department of Justice's own statistics say that the uh, average sentence length served for uh, a murder conviction, and this is first-degree murder, is 12.4 years. That's when many people are, you know, in parolable systems and all that, that that's, that's the length of time that they actually serve in prison before they're released. I've been in prison now 18 years for a marijuana charge, and nobody was hurt. Nobody, you know, nobody was robbed. Nobody, there was nothing forced upon anyone. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, wherever I go, and, and I'm talking to all kinds of, of new activists, I told you before we're working with a number of uh, uh, First Nations, Indigenous people groups, and I've got uh, actually a guest with me right now uh, with the Apache Nation uh, named Charles, and uh, we're working together, um, and we're going to be championing a number of, of, of causes that have to do with uh, injustices on reservations and, and some just hor horrors um, that I was just awakened to. And, you know, all of these things are happening in a way that, you know, we're bringing this team together 
Craig, and, I, and, and when I tell them, I told Charles just the other day, what happened about you? And he just looked at me like, really? I mean, when, when, when you talk to people who've been around the world and seen all these things, and you tell them, oh, yeah, here in America, we got guys locked up for pot. And, and, and even worse, you know, some, some fringe element of a, of, a, of a conspiracy case. And, and it, it gets people's eyes open. And, and my only hope is that if anything good comes of your situation, is it gives me a story that's so crazy that I can tell somebody that if they're listening, I'll know it because their eyes pop open and their jaw starts dropping down to the ground. And then they go, oh, wow. And then I always close the deal by saying, well, you know what? Maybe you can help us. And uh, those that are serious generally come along. And that's how we built all of this. You've been actually um, one of the tools that I use to, to, to bring awareness to this bigger global problem that we're dealing with. That's true. That's true. Hi, Craig. Can you hear me? Hang on. Uh, Craig, can you hear? Here. Turn up Turn up your volume a little bit. Maybe I can. Hold on. Craig, I got Charles here with me right now. He's the guy I was just talking about. Go ahead, Craig. Or Charles. Uh, Hello. Uh, yeah, Craig. How you doing? Uh, thank you for, your, you know, the sacrifice that you're making on behalf of everyone, uh, literally around the world. Um what you're doing and sacrificing your freedom is an amazing um, act, uh, but it exemplifies the, the great injustices that are taking place around the country uh, for people who are incarcerated for a natural plant. Uh, the liberty of this country now began, was founded on the very principles of uh, the freedom to take things like medicine, natural medicines. So Craig, thank you, we support you and hopefully you'll be free soon. Were you able to hear him, Craig? Yes, I did. I, I agree that, you know, this whole thing is counter to our country's values and, you know, and how our systems work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's atrocious. I mean, to, to jail someone for a natural plant, especially something that has such a historical uh, background as a medicine plant, a healing plant, um, it, it's wholly a political circumstance. You're a political prisoner, and uh, I feel ashamed that, you know, you've been incarcerated. It's brought me forward uh, because I represent and speak for those plants, uh, for those sacred objects that are out there, uh, not only the plants, but the stones, the animals, those that can't speak. Uh, we, for thousands of years, have understood what the relationships are with these um, uh, God's creations. And they were put on this planet uh, to heal mankind. To see that they're criminalized is uh, not only a crime, it's sacrilegious to all creation. So, so uh, Charles, uh, Craig got cut off. He gets 15 minutes to talk, and it happens virtually every week. And we're talking along, and then all of a sudden you hear the, the, the phone go dead. And, you know, it's, it's just a reminder to us. You know, we have these. We live this world where we have these freedoms. We take advantage or take them for granted. We don't take advantage of them enough, but we take them for granted. And then one day, in many people's situation, it happened to me, one day you don't have them. You know, you find yourself in a concrete box, and you don't have the freedom to pick up the phone and talk to anybody as long as you want. You don't have the freedom to get on the Internet. You don't have the freedom to go outside and take a leak. You And, and, and then... All of a sudden, it's a big eye-opener. And Craig's, Craig's been in prison for 18 years. 
18 mm-hmm. years in a lot of people were the most, the longest held prisoners of war, 27 years, the Cherokees. And then today, all the way to today, the people that are living on reservations uh, are confinement camps. Uh, we didn't suffer what our grandparents and even longer before them did. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it, it's torture. You know, you can find a, a human to some kind of uh, confined space. It's nothing less than torture. So we understand what the sacrifice that Craig and others are doing. And I'd like to mention one thing. Um, I heard nothing but positive things from Craig on the phone. And that's remarkable. You know, she knows where he's at and why he's there. So um, uh, I, I couldn't thank the man enough. Uh, he stands as an example of the thousands, tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people that are um, uh, unjustly um, incarcerated. You know, it's interesting that you notice that. You know, it's interesting that you notice that because I, I point out to people all the time uh, when I'm talking about Craig that, you know, the guy that's in the worst possible imaginable position, right? You're, you're, you're diabetic. Um, you lost your wife. You, your son has died while you're incarcerated. You have a daughter still, but you don't get to see her except for when she can visit you. And you don't even have really a, a get-out date. And yet I have never, ever, and I've known Craig for almost seven years now, and I've talked to him on the phone virtually every week for seven years. I've never heard him complain about anything. You know, to criminalize people's background, their history, it prevents freedoms. It prevents people from getting good jobs. And it really puts a social ding on them that um, they're responsible, especially on behalf of government. And clearly these subjects have been politicized over decades and still no, no action has been taken to criminalize uh, something that's a natural plant. Yet the alcohol and other drugs that are uh, doled out over the counter, including prescription pharmaceuticals, uh, kill far more people than anything that this plant and uh, other natural plants uh, have ever impacted humanity throughout time. So true, so true. And that's, you know, when people say, well, you know, we say we're a civil rights group because we are, we're a human rights group. But I have people all the time kind of question me, well, why are you guys all about pot? You know, because, and I, and I say, well, it's not that we're about pot. We're about the right to use any plant. And the reason that we picked this one to champion is because it's so ridiculous. It is the most insane, heinous example of our rights being taken or being stomped on or being attacked that I can come up with. I mean, it's as, it's as heinous as the civil rights issues of, you know, all the way up until even today or the, the, the gay rights issues, you know. It's like, okay, let's see. Your skin's a color, so you can't what? Or you have a proclivity to want to do certain things, so... You can't what? Wait a minute. Where does this even come from? And it's the same kind of an issue. It's a social construct by design that has backfired. Uh, It was intended originally, as we all know, uh, to segregate and to identify people by race, which that's absolutely um, a misnomer. There's only one race. It's called humanity. Exactly. So this whole political charade has gone on far too long. 
uh, Native peoples really should stand stronger and more forward. Uh, plants like the medicine plant peyote have always been protected. And it's ridiculous to think that a peyote plant, which is, can be very powerful in its concoction, it must be used uh, wisely and with guides and people that um, understand what the plant is. Um, compared to a cannabis or a hemp plant, which absolutely heals, has been proven to heal cancer, uh, that has been proven to heal lesions uh, within my community and with myself. I've witnessed the healing powers of that plant. And it's known on this continent for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, the fishing nets of the Canadian northern coastal uh, nations had all been made out of hemp. Burial shrouds throughout the mound builders in the Mississippian uh, valleys and all the way under the east coast uh, for, were dug up and carbon dated as uh, as hemp. And not, not to mention the continental use of all the nations where uh, cannabis and hemp have been used uh, in ancient times, all the way back as a healing medicine. Uh, and undeniable China and their history with a plant that's known as uh, two plants. It's a, a male and female. It's the medicine, the female, and the fiber plant, the male, uh, which is textiles, whole industries. In fact, there wouldn't have been any world, world wars or any of the wars had there not been cannabis because those were the sales. There would have been no travel. So this is something of an integral part of man's history since the beginning. And to eliminate a whole part of a plant based on politics is just um, It's just crazy. And, <laughs> you know, but, but here's the deal, okay? And, and, and people always try to get political with me, and I, I refuse to turn things political because political is just it's all backwards. It's all it's all. Like religion, it's all man-made stuff, you know, it's just, it's not a... It, it's not a science. No, no. It has nothing to do with reality. <laughs> it doesn't. It has to do with people's feelings and their, their, their crazy notions and thoughts and ideas. But, but the truth is, if you were to boil down anybody's politics into common sense and articulate it, you'd figure out that there probably isn't even any party. You know, generally, generally, we all have these things in common and we just have these crazy ways of wanting to see them happen. But here's the thing, Charles, you and I came in contact a month or so ago and then we've, we've spoken on a number of different, um, a number of different reasons. I talked to um, uh, the, the guy that's making medicine up in Canada and then we talked to the guy that's Shane. in Shane, exactly. Sorry, I, I I, I know these things, but when I'm when I'm on the camera, I forget everything. <laughs> and then and then we got um, um, the guy who's working the the land deal. And then I came and visited you um, on on Saturday and or Sunday Sunday. And um, you know I got to see this beautiful piece of land, and we got to hang out and talk and share a meal. And I come to realize that we have a lot of things in common. And um, you shared with me some, some issues, and we talked about the Walk for Change and how it's not just about cannabis. Cannabis is a, a thing, but it's about all social injustice. It's about anything that somebody wants to change in the world. And when I met you, you talked about this Agent Orange project and San Carlos and this, this genocide. And, you know, those are big words, and they almost go through you, like, 
when somebody says the word genocide, you don't really get your head around what that means because it's just goes right through you. And you go, wow, that's heavy, but you're not really like in, immersed in it, right? You're not seeing it. You're not, you're not experiencing it. It's like talking to a soldier who's been in war and telling him about gunfire. You know, it's like, okay, you know, but the experience he has is certainly not the one that you have who hasn't done that. And you shared some, some videos with me and began telling me a story and you showed me some images of what's going on in this place. And it shook me to my core. While we were talking, I was like, whoa, this is something that needs to change. And I went to my, my board meeting after I talked to you and I said, you know, we need to route our walk for change through San Carlos because this is important. And, um, and so this ecological disaster, this humanitarian disaster that's happening today that's been going on since the days of the Vietnam War, and you told me as a child you were out there and you saw these barrels sitting on the hillside, and now today you show me pictures of rusted, rotten pieces of metal buried halfway in the ground and, and, and the dioxin poisons that are just saturated the land and the, the, the deformities and the death and the, the horrors that are happening right there today, right now. And this is something that was executed by the federal government and isn't even being acknowledged, dealt with in any way, shape, or form. In fact, people are still living right there. And I, I, it, that hit me as just like, whoa, I mean, we've, we've got to stop this. We've got to fix this. And I just boiled down into, you know, a paragraph what, what you spent a few hours explaining to me, which is a life's work, which is, you know, volumes and, and you know, a lifetime worth of even getting your head around it, much less, to fix it, but you know, you shared your experience of this is your calling and your passion and your 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 family and your people and 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 all of these people that are connected. I could feel it, and my wife could feel it, you know. And uh, it, it it made me realize that there's there's some big things that we that we can change through this through this through this working together. And working with you right now, we're we're looking at at, at building a healing center and, and bringing medicine to people, but at the same time, you know, we could bring attention to this problem and maybe maybe bring enough attention to, to get it resolved, maybe get everybody to be able to be moved away from there and, and get a get a fix for it, you know. Whatever it is, I don't even know. But all this has happened within a few minutes, literally, of us just getting to know each other. And you've had a whole lifetime of experience, and I've had a whole lifetime of experience, and we've shared a couple of hours talking, and all of a sudden, I'm just, my brain's going crazy, and all these things are happening, and I'm seeing all this, this possible potential future. And generally, when I bring a guest on the show that is more than a one-trick pony, um, I usually say, look, I'd like to introduce you here today now and, and give you a chance to introduce yourself and talk a little bit. And then bring you back as a regular because obviously if we're working together, there's going to be a lot to talk about. And instead of trying to wrap it all up in a half an hour, do a simple introduction. And then next week we can go deep on a topic and, 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 and share our journey as we're going along. And I'd like to invite you to be a regular on the show if you're, if you're into that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and i got to thank you, too, just for the opportunity to – um, help support and participate in your efforts to see change come about. Um, I think it's, mo uh, 
a mutual thing. It really should be about everybody involved, and including your work, because I think it's remarkable that someone's going to take the time and effort to uh, put set toward, uh, all this energy towards one of the most worthiest causes in the whole country. We, in fact, are under time of change, no matter what that is. And as the pendulum swings, is our opportunity to um, is induced to manifest our, the change for positive for future generations. And what I can say is, um, in the native language to the north, Miniwachoni, um, which is water is life, water is precious. And that's really the, the core issue at San Carlos is water contamination. A contamination for people on a reservation that have been confined in a toxic dump. The military's arsenal of uh, chemical weaponry was buried there and is there to this day. That's leaked into the headwaters of Arizona's drinking water, and it's ended up in the Sea of Cortez, which is now dying. And so this is a, an issue of all people and the world, and it's gone on far too long. And like you, I'm stepping forward to say enough's enough, and I'm putting myself on the front line, and I'm speaking on behalf of this issue and all others. Um, I've seen what the CBD and uh, the cannabinoids, all of them, and let me say this, to us it's food, it's nutrition. It was explained to me, and I have to give credit to Blackfoot Nation and to Mohawk Nation, uh, who joined um, the Apache, the Chiricahuas, and others in bringing back a complete medicine well. And um, these are the medicine plants that have always existed that we have known about that we have protected and that we need to share more of that knowledge. Uh, shared knowledge is very powerful as you, we all know that we've learned from the internet. And even within our people, it's how we ascended in nature was uh, to essentially to um, elevate our consciousness by uh, becoming aware. And so these alkaloids, which are the active ingredients in these medicine plants, have been known for hundreds of thousands of years, but they're not known in the same sense of Western chemistry. Uh, alkaloids, the, the cannabinoids, that, that's a language that is really very deceptive, but has been criminalized. Uh, we prefer to identify these as plant facts that have been very effective in healing, and I've been educated by real medicine people. I'm not a practitioner. I'm not a medicine person but I do work with those that do make medicine and they've helped educate me to a, a higher level of understanding, uh, really on a physics level of why these things are so conducive to our bodies. We have natural receptors, but these fats exist in all, many other plants, including chocolate, including coffee, including all these other, um, um, what we perceive as foods that stimulate us. I mean, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Um, if you're going to criminalize the cannabinoids, then you better criminalize all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, that includes bananas. <laughs> so, yeah, they pick and choose, didn't they, a little bit? Yeah. Excuse me? I said they pick and choose a little bit, didn't they? Yes. Um, for those that have been watching from the beginning, uh, the sun setting, I'm out here in California with you, Joe. Um, I didn't leave my place, I came out to gain support for the people there of San Carlos because we are addressing this crisis. Uh, we're hitting it face on, but it's not just our crisis, it's the Vietnam veterans, 
And it's a crisis that's happening around the whole country, and it's about cancers um, and how cancers become common. You know, it's, 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 it's far too much that we accept these illnesses as common now. They, they aren't common. They never were common. I know because I came from a people with a perfect genome, and um, it was noted that we had a perfect genome. That's why they um, tested the Agent Orange in our community. So, um, um, Joe, if you could take a second, I'll go pop a light on so I don't look like I'm sitting in the dark. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. No problem. No problem at all. So, um, you know, as, I was, as, I, as I'm talking to Charles, you're going to learn that there's a lot to talk about. And, um, you know, like I said, this is kind of just an introductory call. And I'd like to, Charles, I'd like to sort of give, have you give, take a minute and kind of give a background. One of the things that impressed me about you is that you've been, um, you've been organizing and working with people um, in a pretty extensive way. And every time that we talked, you would bring to me about a community that you were working with and these people and these people, and now we're doing this. So I was like, wow, that's what I do. And I, and I love that. And, 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 you know, I think that that's the highest work is to work with people, to bring people together. You know, people are funny. Yeah. They have every reason to go away from each other, right? It's easy to go to war. It's easy to have a problem. It's easy to walk away and leave. You know, it's hard is to stay together and figure out how to figure a problem out. It's, it's hard to find common ground to be together. And when I saw that you were doing that, I said, well, we, we, we most definitely need to uh, share, share, share our successes and, and, you know, learn from our failures. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the communities that you're working with and, and, and you know, what you're representing here. No, Joe, I absolutely agree. I think that we're both like-minded people, and I'm impressed by your networks and your, your ability to bring people together. That, that's amazing. It's also an understanding of this principle that, that wise people, I've heard of wise people speak, um, that relationships are pinnacle, everything else is derivative. And so when you soak that in, you really realize how valuable our relationships with each other are all across this planet. But not only with our extended communities, with our families, with our own community itself. And so I'm victim of, um, of bad practice. You know, I'm not sitting here professing like um, I'm Yoda because I'm not. <laughs> Uh, I'm far from it, and I've had to make a lot of mistakes to, to learn these things. So um, it's really a, a network of people, of, of experts, you know, and um, common people. It's really all people that really come together. We tap expertise when we need to, when we're challenged on subjects, when we need to learn uh, a bit more. And so we rely upon those who have become highly educated in those fields. Uh, but working from the reservation, it's always been a struggle not to, just um, uh, take a hand out and be satisfied. Um, we were more challenged in our family with being able to uh, become productive and self-sufficient. And really, many times on reservations, you have to. There's not enough uh, resources for a community to survive, quite literally. So to get a double compounded effect of being kicked in the teeth and, um, you know, when you're down on the ground already uh, with Agent Orange, um, it's been an incredible struggle just to understand what's happening there at uh, San Carlos. So we were blessed there with geological uh, occurrences. These are blessings that we consider our minerals, and we work with minerals just like many Southwest Native peoples do to make jewelry and others. Um, fortunately, our minerals were more crystallized, and so 
we're into the crystalline uh, colored uh, stone industry and uh, silicates, and that's provided for our family to um, a means of survival. And so we've been parlaying those um, values uh, that our family has collected over our life, basically, um, to spearhead some of the initiatives. Um, some of them began as like the Chamber of Commerce on the reservation, which is really one of the only ones to exist independently on any reservation. Um, our, our family businesses, which we had to um, uh, band together with other indigenous people and other colored stone producers around the world to create our own associations. Um, quite, quite simply, when there's a standard that's not good enough out there, make your own, create your own. You know, create a newer standard or a new association to um, break the mold. You know, never be satisfied. And um, I think that the biggest thing is our communal responsibility, um, that we don't just um, earn for our own interests. We really make sure that there's a community uh, interest in our, the benefits that we bring back. So <clears throat> I think that's been the backbone of, of our work is how we were brought up in a, a communal society, uh, matriarchal, it's female-led, and that gave us a real sound set of principles to be able to go out and meet the world. Um, our, our people are far too long not been spoken from. No one's really heard from the people. It's always these political puppets that have been propped up that tell the world all is well, and what happened is the world forgot we existed. Many people don't know that Indians still are alive. So. Right. Certainly, Apaches are. Um, we've started to raise the nations, free, free thinking, free Apaches that are politically encumbered and that can speak on behalf of uh, not only themselves but, but nature. Well, I think it's great that um, you know you're bringing this, these traditions. I saw some of your work, your stone, your your jewelry work. It's beautiful. Um, my wife actually has got a pair of your earrings now. Um, and, and those are traditions that, that, you know, are just, you know, it takes, it takes time and, and, and learning. And, and it's, you know, it's not something you can just give to somebody. It, 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 there's a whole apprenticeship that goes into that. And, you know, it's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to talk about here. We're, we're almost at the end of my time right now. But what I want to do no is this. I got a question. Okay, we're going yeah. to see each other on Friday. And um, I, I'm looking forward to that as well. And we'll continue this discussion, and, and we'll have you back every chance we can to continue our discussion on the work we're doing together. Now, I've recently, in the last two years, been working with a number of, of um, Indian groups. And it's the funniest thing, because we live in 2020, where everybody's got all these politics and right words and wrong words. You can't say this, and you got to say that. And, and you know, you got to say Native American or Indian or Native American descent or in or whatever. I, and 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 I and I say to myself, I don't know what the hell to to call a group of people like me. I'm just a, a guy. You don't have to call me anything, okay? But at the same time, I'm not in a group of people that I'm trying to identify with. I'm just a guy. But you have a group of people that has a specific identity because there's some things that we need to do. And you have an identity that's different from mine in the sense of you have uh, a heritage and a language and, and traditions that are different from mine. And I think it's important to be able to communicate in a way that is most effective. And I got 
some of these guys that I'm working with, um, the Arapaho and the, and the Navajo and the, and the Cheyenne, they call themselves Indians. And I say, okay, well, I thought that was a bad word. I thought you're not supposed to say that because that's not right. And then they say, nope, that's what we call ourselves. Or we just call ourselves by our own name. And then I have people that say, well, we're the First Nations people. And I say, okay, I don't care what to call you. But then I got other people that say, well, we're indigenous people. We have this word to say. And then I'm like, okay, what I want to be able to do is address this group of people because there's specific issues that need to be focused on that affect this group of people. So how do I do that in the best way? That's a really good question. It's hard to be politically correct, especially today. <laughs> I just want to be effective more than politically correct. You know, I want to be able to say something that everybody can understand and not have somebody stomp away because I didn't do it right. Well, you know, if we're really going to go to those terms, then it's really simply one term, the people. Okay. And that means all people. Got it. And so um, shame on us for those who <laughs> take offense to any kind of, like, uh, categorization because it really it's, it's, it's so politically charged, it's almost a loaded question. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, but quite literally, all most Native nations, including Apache, the real names of that, means the people. And so you can say the people. I like it. Uh, but really, to be specific, I think it would be appropriate to ask each individual how would they would like to be addressed if that's, if that's the, the premise. Well, I wouldn't have any problem. I wouldn't think anything's wrong with just uh, designating or calling the, the people. Here's where I'm going with this. And we talked briefly about it in the beginning of the, before the show. But, you know, the Human Solution International is, a, as its name might might dictate is an international organization that's full of chapters that are all over the place that are generally regional. And we have, uh, you know, three chapters in California because we're such a big state. We have a chapter in Ohio. We have a chapter in, in here and there. We have a chapter over there. And I always thought that we could have a chapter that represented a cause. And at one point we had a, a children's chapter because there are so many issues about cannabis prohibition that affect children and children being taken from their families. And we said, said, well, we could set up a chapter that was from the children, that children that have survived these things that could work with children that are going through it to help them, right? And, and to mm-hmm. create, because that's the one thing that we get from a struggle is the ability to help people in that struggle. Maybe not anything else, but we get that. We, we, we can identify with those people struggling with what we're struggling with. And so today as we were talking and I'm sitting here, or, or maybe it was yesterday, I don't know, I lose track of time sometimes, but I was thinking to myself, I'm finally working with all these people that have these unique problems that I care about, but I don't have the heritage and I don't have the lineage and I don't have any way to get my foot in the door, just like the veterans. I want to open up a veterans chapter, but I'm not a veteran. So these guys, I've worked with a lot of veterans groups. That's why I think that this new guy that we're working with might be my key to to that as well. But because he seems like, again, we're real connected and we're going to talk on Friday more about that. I always wanted to have a veterans chapter because I care deeply about veterans rights and issues and, but I'm not a veteran. So they won't let me in the door. You know, it's just a different, it's a weird thing. I have lots of friends that are veterans that I love dearly and they, they embrace me as family. But to get into a veterans group and not be a veteran, just I haven't I haven't learned that trick. But this is different. This is this is a group of, of people that all come from various different, you know, you, 
there's, I don't know, how many hundreds of languages are there of indigenous to North America? You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of languages. There's a lot of traditions. There's a lot of things. But we do have things in common. And that's what I want to focus on is the things we have in common. Things that we have in common are some injustices that we can bring to light and maybe bring some solution to. And what I've learned and, and fortunately, I don't come from a family that's been oppressed for generations, so I don't have what I've seen. But what I've learned from people that are going through this is that there's this despair that happens over generations of being stomped on by a giant government and that, that, that people lose hope and they lose, their, they lose the fire in their eyes and they lose their direction and they lose their motivation and they, they, they lose the things that, 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 that makes us human on some levels. And... That's a problem. That's a huge problem. But it's something that can be fixed. And how do you fix it? You bring it back. You bring a little hope. You bring a little fire in your eyes. You smile. You laugh. You teach them a song. A, a, teach them some stories, the language, and get them, get them inspired to try again, to get up there and know that there's people here with you. So what if we were to create a chapter, and now you gave me the perfect name for it, would be the people's chapter of the human solution. And we could focus on on First Nation problems, we could focus on Indian problems, we could focus on whatever you want to call it, Navajo problems, Apache problems, Mohawk problems, Blackfoot problems, all of these problems, that we could focus on those solutions. What would you say to that? I think that's, that's, that's remarkable. That would be wonderful to see. And I, I really would like to say, um, no one's left out. This country has adopted so many Native ways. I think the whole country already is Native. 70% of the world's food staple food crops came from this continent. All of these traditions that were native, including aspirin, which came from white birch bark, by the way, uh, cranberry sauce, um, you name it, watermelon, uh, pumpkin pie, um, all of these things, the tomatoes, the chili plants, the bean plants. In fact, um, it's, it's really what makes up the nutritional values of this continent are from the soils, minerals, and make up the, the people themselves. So uh, quite literally, I think that this country has become more Native American than anything, <laughs> to be honest with you. That'll teach you, huh? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's getting easier to convey uh, a thought when five generations, three generations ago, uh, there, there was no there was no concept of communications between these peoples. Right. And really all of our heritages are becoming a melting pot um, that's really what this continent was about. It was a mixture of cultures. And people believe it's a breed. It's not. It's many times, uh, for our people, it's a way of life. It's never, it was never such discussions of genetics. Um, and, and our perception of people are just not people. Um, <clears throat> I would like to say something in regards to your first question. And it's the counter question to the, um, it's the counter side of the coin. Uh, how would you eliminate that stigma of Native American, Native this, Native that, Indian? Uh, abolish the Indian Act policy. It's the most racist act on the planet. It's the most unjust act for people, and it's what keeps this country from being unequal for many, and that's the original inhabitants. It's so unfair. Um, if, if, if your listeners would just take a little bit of time and go and look at what the Indian Act policy even says, I think that they would be astonished that such a piece of work is still law 
And when we abolish that, then we all become the people. So it's really about, you know, the Indian needs to free himself for one, but we also need to join together as one people again and um, unify. Well, you know what's interesting is since we've talked, and I told you, we, we, we get a lot done sometimes. Sometimes you walk, it seems like you're going backwards or walking through mud. And other times it seems like you're jumping across clouds. And um, I've got this, I got a chapter in Kansas that is just kicking ass right now. And they're just really doing a lot of good and hard work. And what we've actually done over the past couple of weeks is we've created a 501c4. And so the Human Solution International is a 501c3, which is a, a charitable a human rights organization, and we, we can do certain things. But what we can't do are also certain things. We can't do certain kinds of specific political work because right. of the nature of our organization. We can get a tax write-off for a donation and things like that, but we can't endorse a candidate. We can't endorse a legislation and that kind of thing. However, now we have an organization called the Human Solution Foundation, which is a 501c4, which we're officially registered. We just ad adopted our um, uh, leadership team and um, we're creating an advisory board. We just laid out our mission and we're about to um, you know, finish up our bylaws. So that very thing that you just mentioned about saying, hey, we need to repeal an act, that sounds like a perfect job for this new, this new group that we have, which wow. I would love to introduce you to as we're moving forward. But the Human Solution yeah. Foundation is a real deal. Since we last talked, it's happened. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, to support that and to really to call up our people, uh, we are in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. That's the homeland. It's the Apacheria and the three northern states of Mexico. Uh, but in this case, you know, these are U.S. issues, the politics and the changing of these codes. Uh, we call upon every Apache person, no matter where you're at, to come and unify, unite, support this effort. And Joe, in the walk across the country, it's one of the most um, honorable and most American things you, all of us can do. Uh, let's break the stigma and step across the line and um, become free again when we unite. Fantastic. Well, Charles, I appreciate that. That seems like a perfect uh, way to close our segment here, and I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Friday and sharing some things with you that we're doing, and um, I'm going to have a conversation with my leadership team and, and see about uh, uh, creating a framework for this uh, people's chapter, and I'm really excited about it. So I might even have some documents to bring with me um, to to uh, charter you as as the newest chapter. Well, Joe, I just I'll finish with this. It takes incredible people to accomplish incredible feats, and you're one incredible person. Thank you for the work you do. Well, I appreciate that, and I uh, appreciate you being part of the wonderful team. I got there's a lot of great people here standing right with me, around me, beside me, and uh, we're 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 all doing it together. There's no question about that. So, Charles Vargas, it's an absolute pleasure to have you join the show today and um, we'll schedule some more deep conversations as we're moving forward and we're going to be introducing a whole walk for change station um, that's coming out of our conversations that we'll be we'll be monitoring this event as it's going along doing doing 
live feeds, doing interviews, doing all of this stuff, and I can't wait to get that going. Power to the people. You betcha. All right, folks, Charles Vargas, and uh, we're gonna you're going to be hearing a lot from him and about him as we're going along. All right, we are now one hour and 15 minutes into a one-hour show. And if you can do math, you realize that I have used up more space and time than I have. But I have a magical time machine, and apparently it's a magical physics machine because I can occupy two places at the same time, one I should be in and one I shouldn't. And so I'm now doing that, and that means we have a very limited amount of time to wrap this up. I've got a couple of points to share with you and then a couple of people to speak. I've got Michael. I've got Creed. Um, i got Bobby. I don't even see Tom on there right now. I don't know what happened to our Tom Corby, but hang on one second. Give you a great pregnant pause here. we got Bobby Jared. Uh, looks like we got, uh, oh, I think I see Jeff Eichen in there too. Everybody calls in at the last minute. Oh, boy. I got a different computer I'm working on. All right. Yeah, I think that's Jeff down on the bottom there. I'm not sure. Anyways, we have a new calendar on the Human Solution International website. It works. Use it. I have many chapters, many people that call into the show and they want help and they're doing this and they're doing that. I look on the calendar and I don't see a darn thing. Go to the calendar place and click a little button that says submit an event and share with us the work we're doing. The Human Solution International is doing so much good work right now, and I have no place to show it to you. I don't have any way to say, here's what we're doing, because I don't do Facebook unless I have to, and there's not one place to look there anyways. The website is the place for that, the calendar our blog posts, our press releases, our stories. That should tell you what's happening with the human solution. But we're doing things all over the country. We're doing things down in Mexico. We're doing things up in Canada. And I would sure love it if you could join me, if you could be part of this. You know, what's really interesting, I'll share this little tidbit that's happened, which is kind of funny. We've been doing this for 10 years. And in the last 10 years, we've had every kind of tide, ebbs and flows, people coming and going. People, wow, I'm going to help. I'm going to do this. And then I can't help because of this. And they come and they go and they, they're here and they're there. And I want to be part of this. So I'm going to do this for you. And then, ooh, I can't do this because I can't work with that person. I can't do this. All these things. Five, six years ago, we had a big old rift and a bunch of people stomped off and I can't do this and they left. Well, remember that word I talked about about a month ago? What was that word again? Oh, yeah, grit. Some people just keep walking. I don't care if I got five people with me, ten people, a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, ten million as you're going to see soon. It's going to be great, but if they all left tomorrow, me and a few would still be walking. That's what the human solution is about. We've got grit. We've got steam power. We're not going anywhere. There's enough of us that care deeply enough about these things that we're working on that will keep us going. 
And it's interesting because some of those people that left five, six years ago have recently been tapping on the door. Hey, can't come back. And I just kind of think about that. You got to wonder. You got to wonder about how much time was wasted, how much grief was caused, how much hurt was 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 put out, how much damage was raised. Maybe if we thought a little bit before we acted, we'd all be doing better. But I'm happy to announce that some folks that were no longer working with us will be coming around, and others won't. And so. Anyways, I think that's kind of interesting, and I think it's actually good news as we're going along. All right, let's see. We've got a couple of calls that we're going to get to. I'm going to bring Creed up. Now, Creed, um, I hate to tell you, but I tried to put my story on your website, and it wouldn't let me. In fact, it called me spam. Creed Leffler, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Joe? I am fantastic, but your website called me spam, and I just don't feel like spam. I'm more of a hamburger. <laughs> um, well, I will fix that, and I will let uh, I will let the elder know tonight, and we will help you. From the back end, operator, help me out with that. Uh, well, I will fix that. Uh, I will let the owner know tonight, and we will help you from the back end. That will be great. I did send a message to Michael, who I believe is is the guy that was um, reaching out, and so um, I, w- I want to work with your page and your site, and like I said, I... I uh, I logged in, created an account, and then it called me spam. So <laughs> I just want to clarify. I promise you, I am not spam of any kind. <laughs> I know you're not. Well, Creed, I appreciate um, I appreciate what you're doing here, and I'm uh, you've got this new website, WeedEra.com, and um, I it looks like it's pretty well put together site and I like the idea that um, you know you're collecting testimonies about the medical value of cannabis and I think that as people can see that this is a real deal this isn't just some hype from a couple of companies trying to make some money this isn't just this or that or the other thing but it's an actual thing that has affected so many people across the world um, for so long for generations and, and millennium actually um, to be able to share the stories, I think, is an, an important tool. So I do appreciate the work you're putting into this. Right now, we're the only two people working on it right now. Wonderful. Right now, wonderful. Well, what I will do – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah, right now we're the only two people working on it right now. Got it. Got it. Well, what I'm going to do, Creed, is as soon as you – um, are able to correct that, and I'm able to post my story. As soon as I see my story posted, I'm going to publish it with an article telling what I did and how I did it so that I'll be able to show people how that they can do it. So it'll it'll be valuable to the website once I'm able to get that story in there. Okay. Um, I have a small update for you read the message. 
Okay, I have a small update for you. Um, uh, Opera here, do you want me to skip the part about uh, the testimony, Creed? No. Okay. okay, I'll just read the whole thing. Uh, hello, Cup of Joe with Joe. This is Creed. We have 10,863 signatures on the petition now. Uh, I believe we're still waiting uh, on your testimony, Joe. And anybody else that would like to write their testimony for weedera.com, go to weedera.com. That is spelled W-E-E-D-E-R-A.com. Thank you. Excellent. Well, Creed, I appreciate uh, your patience with this, and uh, I'm glad you have a bit of a sense of humor. That's always helpful. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, getting this thing going. So um, anything else you wanted to share with the team here? Then I will be on the call tomorrow. Beautiful. Work. All right. That sounds great. I look yeah, forward to talking to you. To, I, just, I just wanted to remind you. Perfect. I will be there, and I will look forward to talking to you. All righty. All right. Thank you, Creed Lessler, folks. Uh, a new friend of the show. We've been we've been talking for now, uh, geez, a couple a couple of years almost. More than more than a year, probably just less than two. All right. We're now entering into the critical zone here. I've got less than a few minutes to go. We got Bobby Jared on the line. Bobby's been on the, well, hell, I've known Bobby for a long time. We'll just bring him up to see what he's got to say today. Hopefully some good news about the case in Oregon. Hey, Bobby, Joe, how are you doing? How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. How are you? I am wonderful, better than wonderful. Awesome. I Whatever just the level to give a big... is just past wonderful, that's where I'm at right now. That, hey, that's where you want to be, man. That's the spot to be. I like you it. Know? It's pretty so, nice. So, it's warm and purple. It's kind of cool. Yep. I, I'm feeling your vibes, brother. I'm feeling your vibes. Your third <laughs> eye must be blinking at me. Um, I just wanted oh, to say my case in Oregon, um, well, it's going to be going great, I guess. They've denied me the right to a fast and speedy trial three times. And um, I'd like to give a big shout-out to the NorCal chapter, Frank Canan and the Man and Tom Corby and all them. I, they're coming up on my pre, for my pre-trial. So I figured we'd show them we got a little support up there. They got they told me not to come to court. So I figured I'd, I'd come anyway and ask for another fast and speedy and just see what she says and let them, you know, <laughs> witness the, the the denial of the United States Constitution. I, it's crazy. But I just want to say thank you to everybody out there, especially you there, Joe. Uh, without you, I don't think any of this would be possible. You stood up against them a long time ago. I was there next to you, and I thought you were going away. And, and and I I couldn't believe it. We all did. I, 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 yeah, yeah, and and I want to just for uh, Craig Cecil, God bless him, and Aaron Sandusky, you know, and all these other soldiers that are just stood up and, and fell at the wrong end of the stick, you know. Uh, that law. Yeah, well, it's about it's about standing up and keeping on standing up and holding up your brother when he trips a little bit and. Uh, and, uh, you know, taking a little step forward at a time till eventually we get where we're headed. Yep. And I'd like to also say a big uh, early happy birthday to Mr. Tom Corby if he's on the line. And I know there's a lot of people wanting to talk to us, so I'm going to keep this quick and let you guys have a great evening. And thank you very much for letting me speak. My court's on the 23rd in Metro. Yep. yep. 23rd. Absolutely. 
Yep. Tom and them, I think, coming up. So it ought to be a good time. I think the Canada bus is up in Medford from what I heard. So maybe we'll uh, you know all show up. Bobby, Bobby the we have a calendar on the website that works now. So if you have an Internet access, you can get on that calendar and put all the details up there. And if I see it pop in, I will make sure everybody can see it. That would be super, super, super cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I think um, William Will Malucci, um, I believe he got in talk, touch with her, and she's already in Medford. So I've been I've been trying not to bother too many people. I'm not too good on a computer, but I'm figuring it out. I was, Get as, somebody who can. Incarcerated. I said, unfortunately, I was incarcerated in the computer era, but I'm learning how to figure it out. I mean, I can read it, but I'm still I'm learning how to reply, and I don't know if I do it right sometimes. Well, that's it. You just keep trying to get it right or until somebody that, That's all hand. I can do. But, yep, I, um, I thank you very much because without your knowledge, I wouldn't have the power to, to know what to do on my own. I love it. All right, Bobby. Well, I will talk to you soon as I now have four minutes to go. And much Thank you, say, brother. So. All right. God bless. Talk to you later. Yep. Bobby Jared, folks. All right, let's see what else we got here in this. Ah, I see Tom Corby shows up at the last second. That's a pretty good trick you got there, Tom Corby. All right, we got Michael up here to speak. I will never shut the show down before everybody gets a chance to speak. So when you call in later, all you do is clog up my time machine, but we will make sure that there's room for you. All right, Michael. I'm not sure who Michael is or what you have to say, but I'm interested and I care. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, sir. Thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? I got Michael, and I know yeah. a lot of Michaels. Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just go by Mike, and don't really need to know anything else. But I was going to ask you about, um, as far as politics, do you follow what's going on with the primary and the upcoming election? Well, yeah, I do. And, you know, the work that we're doing right now is not specifically political. We have a new 501c4 organization that's going to be taking on some political work. And so from that point of view, we're going to be, we're going to be uh, taking on a number of political causes and challenges and raising up um, candidates and, and addressing uh, legislation and that sort of thing. Right now, we're a 501c3 a civil rights organization, and we're supporting individuals Right, and that's kind of the direction we're at right now. So personally, yeah, I, I'm absolutely looking at what's happening. But as a group, um, it's not so much what our purpose is. That makes sense. Right. No, I'll, I'll just talk once from individuals. All right. Well, yeah, I, I do appreciate you calling the show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I look forward to, to hearing more from you. All right, I'm not quite sure what that's about. All right, now we got Jeff Ike, and he's going to give us a brief update from Lifers the Movie and Washington State. Jeff Ike, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Pampere, can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Fantastic. Yeah, um, nine miles from my house, they took two children um, away from school for uh, COVID-19. And today, everybody, I used my first uh, latex glove from my garage of fifth to mail uh, a package today. So be careful out there, everybody. Um, If you take um, some vodka and you take some aloe vera gel 
and your favorite um, tincture that you like, your favorite essence. I use lavender. You can make a hand sanitizer from home, and the vodka has to be really good and pure, and you don't have to buy into the man's stuff. But um, back to freeing the prisoners and the walk for change and how we're doing on the um, raising our, our vibration and our, our loudness in a dark time, careful out there, everybody, with, uh, with, you know, what's going on with the virus and your thoughts and your energies. Be nice to everybody. Um, be sure to share with elders um, the success with cannabis you know, and what's been working for you. Um, I just connected with a company that's doing CBG right now, and it's not CBD and it's not CBA, and it's supposedly the next, um, the next milestone. So everybody just keep informed and be really gentle with yourself, but get louder, everybody, please. Um, you can find my, uh, my footage, my free film on lifersthemovie.com, and I support Joe. I support you all and uh, the walk for change.us. We're going to be walking to the white house, everybody from uh, June till whenever we get there. And um, I'm just really pleased to be part of this whole. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. And uh, one day we're going to have you on when I've got a bunch of extra time and we can actually sit down and do a proper interview. But meanwhile, these updates are great, and uh, it works, and we're able to stay connected, and I appreciate all the work you're doing. And I'm still working with the Michael Thompson team uh, and Dee Dee and, um, and our beautiful lawyer out there. And maybe in April, I'm, I'm going to go to Canacon and be with Tommy Chong and then go visit Michael again because it's, um, it's in Detroit, and that's right across the, the water from uh, you know, from Muskegon. And, um, so Michael's one of my, one of my, um, uh, you, you know, one, one of my favorite people that I'm working on. He's at the top of my list. Excellent. Well, uh, Jeff, if somebody wants to help you with your work and the projects that you're on, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, lifersthemovie.com. We're revamping my website. As you know, everybody, it's really beautiful when you can finally afford to pull somebody in properly to do the right website. So look out for my new website, but my old one's still up and there's donation buttons there and we're getting ready to do our first medical marijuana 20 minute film. So you can show it with your parents and get medical marijuana into retirement homes. We need it for pain and for suffering and PTSD. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Always a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you very soon. Jeff Eichen, folks. Hemp, hemp, hooray. All right. Hemp, hemp, hooray. I believe I've got Tom Corby here. I'm going to take a risk, and um, this is about, well, we're, 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 we're now an hour and 33 minutes into a one-hour show. The time machine's starting to redline, folks. I see smoke coming out of the side. Bolts are starting to pop off. It's starting to get a little bit loud. Everybody's getting a little antsy. Um, but luckily, the tomatoes haven't started flying yet. Let's see. I'm going to take a chance. Is this? Yeah, well, I got back up to the coffee. We're good on that one. All right. Is this Tom Corby? I'd say yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. All right. All right. 
I want to thank you, Joe. And then, all right. And uh, I was talking about the Boonies last week, and uh, what I what I meant. To, the bottom line is that because their case is federal, and as we well know, Joe, when you're up against the feds, it's a tough road to hoe. Uh, about 12 months of probation left. Uh, uh, the question is, and their attorney actually thinks that uh, because it's federal that they'll have to get a pardon uh, after they complete probation instead of a dismissal. Uh, I wondered if you had anything on that. You know, um, the problem with the federal government is they can do anything they want. And so I, I don't know that there's one clear-cut answer on that. I think what's going to have to happen is once they've completed their probation, we have to look and see what the BOP says about it all and make our judgment off of that. Well, yeah, and that makes sense. So what's that say that, again, our bottom line and go envision at the Human Solution International, 50 chapters international, is to end prohibition and get the feds out. So, yes, and I'll cut to the chase today. Uh, and I want to thank everybody, all, always on the front line, coming together and volunteering, joining hands to help find the end prohibition, free all our POWs. No one should go to jail for our sacred plans. I want to thank you all today, and don't forget to breathe. All right, Tom. Well, I want to wish you a happy birthday because I hope you caught that. <laughs> uh, thank you. That anyway, means a lot. Yep, yep. Well, we love you, and uh, you're a brother from another mother, and that's always the way I like to keep it. So I don't think I'm going to be able to be up there this weekend. I was kind of hoping I could, but things have just gotten out of hand in my world, and uh, I'm trying to trying to uh, make some order out of a lot of chaos right now. Right. Okay, well, that's fine, and thanks for the happy birthday wishes, and maybe we can get you up here later this summer and maybe even get some fishing in. That'd be I great. I think it'll happen. It'll definitely happen. And uh, we just got to get her all together. I got a bunch of loose ends I'm starting to tie up, solder up, burn the ends off of, put a little uh, super glue on, whatever it takes, and then once I get a, enough of a – of the end pieces together, I'll be all right to move forward. Ah, great. And thanks again for all your great products and uh, your FICOs. I really like the FICOs. Uh, a lot of people don't understand what FICOs are. They're full extract cannabis oil. And believe me that uh, our, our cannabis is definitely good medicine and uh, it is carrying cancer. Uh, we... I suggest you Google endocannabinoid science, and without cannabinoids in your system, your homeostasis will be out of balance. Okay, thank you all again uh, for another great historical show on the Coffee Party Radio Show. uh, Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tom Corby. All right, so here we are at the end of the show, and I want to thank everybody for being here. Remember that if you are anywhere in Southern California, that we will be holding a Human Solution meeting after every podcast here. 
at CBD Connect. As long as I'm doing the shows at CBD Connect and they don't kick me out, which I've been threatened if we stink up the place, ruin anything, that I will not be allowed to hold this. But we'll see what happens. So far, so good. Well, so far, so good. Anyways, um, I want to thank Becca for being an amazing person and a great screener. And everybody else, Lisa's back. She's helping me today. So we're super happy about that. I didn't have to um, figure all this stuff out for myself anymore. And uh, everybody else who's been part of the show, grateful for Charles coming aboard and all the good work that's coming. And uh, that's it for now. We'll see you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind.